you're ready to talk fantasy football, then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Burke. Back again on the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast, and we are ready to roll and give you a recap of what's going on in week three, what's already happened, and what's going on at the moment. Uh, Scott Burke here at SCOT557, and I'm paired up with my boy, Mike Randall, at Randall Rant. Mike, how's it going? It is going so well. It's going so incredibly well. I am locked in. I am clairvoyant, Scott. I have a read and an opinion on every team and every player. And I'm pretty much spot on. So I am ready to roll. This, I'm a soothsayer. I feel so locked in right now. It's unbelievable. You're one modest human being, my friend. That is for sure. Oh, who started Tyler Boyd in two fantasy leagues, huh? Who did that? Ah! Nicely done. (laughs) Uh, Are you one of the many that uh, had their survivor pool uh, ended today? Thanks to uh, the team up in Minnesota. I did not. I did not do any survival pools because I'm in so many fantasy leagues. <laughs> I just simply can't do survival pools. But I'll tell you this: had I done it, I probably would be out. Yes, of course. Yeah, of I course. was in the I was in the big free one that Fanduel was running, and uh, yes, I did have the Vikings, probably with every other human being. Uh, so I'm out. Made two weeks longer than I normally make in these survival pools. So that, that, that that's exciting. I was happy to go at least two weeks. Crazy day. Crazy, crazy day in the NFL, fantasy wise. Insane. A lot of, a lot of names stepping up, uh, producing lines and kind of stamping themselves as players in the fantasy world. A lot of big injuries, and we'll probably start there uh, once we hit quarter number one. And Jimmy Garoppolo, my friend, uh, looks like he's out for the season. They haven't committed to that yet, but the Niners are fear- fearing it's an ACL, non-contact again. First, they thought it was a concussion when he got hit trying to get an extra yard, but it turns out it is non-contact. It is the ACL, and they are fearing the worst in San Francisco. Yeah, he's going to be gone for the year, and it's a shame because this is a huge blow. Now, listen, they spent some draft capital on C.J. Beathard, so they believed in C.J. Beathard. That was one of the picks that did not work out so far for Kyle Shanahan, so he's going to have to dance with who brung him here. That's, this is a terrible loss. It does hurt the offense 100%. So Shanahan's got to show what he does. It stinks if you have Jimmy Garoppolo. If you're in a redraft league, no problem because there's a ton of quarterbacks on the waiver wire. And he was just starting to get warmed up. They had that offense clicking in the second half. Even in Kansas City, things were looking good. But the Niners are 1-2. and two. Tough loss, and he's going to be gone for the year, 100%. Yeah, it affects me in redraft as well. I got him in a couple leagues. Uh, my league, exactly, where I'm actually only carrying one quarterback, so I will be uh, scouring the uh, wire looking for a replacement for Jimmy G uh, starting tonight. Uh, it is a big blow to that offense. It's going to affect a lot of guys fantasy-wise. Uh, I think Marquise Goodwin's going to take a monster hit. Maybe Pierre Garçon can take a little bit of a step up only because of his veteran presence and somebody that C.J. Beathard can maybe lean on. I thought initially could help George Kittle a little, a little bit, but that's probably going to hurt too. There's a lot, a big fantasy impact with Garoppolo going down and Beathard going in. You know, you reminded me when you brought up Marquise Goodwin. Here's a little message for all the people who come to me asking for start-sit advice on Sunday. Let me explain to you how this works. It's process over results, okay? So somebody, I think it was one of our loyal followers, I think, said, should they start Marquise Goodwin over Amari Cooper. Now, folks, let me explain this to you. If you come at me and ask for free advice, so free advice, you're just asking for opinion here, 
and I get it wrong and you send me a little winky smiley face, you're going to get blocked or muted. That's what's going to happen, okay? Because you don't get a gift and then you come back and you talk trash. No one on the face of God's green earth with half a brain of fantasy football would have started Marquise Goodwin in Kansas City off an injury over Amare Cooper after going nine for nine and going into Miami. No one. No one would. So if that's the game you want to play with your Marquise Goodwin things, go to Scotty. But don't come over here because you know what? When I ain't responding to you, you're probably muted or blocked. Marquise Goodwin you brought up could be a problem moving forward. I don't know. Let's see what happens. But I'll tell you that one. You, you hit a nerve. And I got more. I got some more scores to settle. So we're just getting warmed up here, baby. Bring it. That's good. You brought up Amari Cooper. So maybe I'll bring up an angle you've had with a certain wide receiver for the past four or five years. Is Amari Cooper starting to fall into a feast or famine category, my friend? No, I wouldn't say he's feast or famine. But I will tell you I'm concerned. I am now officially concerned. I can't rationalize it anymore, Scott. I can't do it. You want to sit here and tell me Jordy Nelson had 5,000 yards receiving in the first two minutes? Great. There has to be a way to get Amari Cooper the ball. I'm starting to think this. This is what I'm starting to think, partner. Maybe he he isn't a good route runner. You know, like Antonio Brown can't beat him in a foot race, but Antonio Brown can get open against five guys easier than Amari Cooper can get open against one. So, so he's got a little Des Brown, a uh, Des Bryant. He could. He uh, may have syndrome. a little Des Bryant. I don't know. Listen, do can, do I think? I mean, do I think he's going to be okay? Yes, I do. I think he will have many more wide receiver one weeks than not. But I'm concerned. I'm concerned yeah. because there was no bad weather in Miami, and I know Jordan Nelson mm-hmm. had 130 receiving yards by 130. But there's no reason he shouldn't come away with a five for 50 line, like something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? That should be his floor. And it was not. It was a terrible performance. Yes, I'm worried. I am. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was at a christening today. I got out of the church, drive driving to the after party, and I look at my phone. I get a text message. Jordy Nelson's got 140 yards, and it's 112. I was like, oh, okay, 112 in the afternoon. That's a, that's a good start for for Jordy Nelson. I'm sure Amari was nowhere to be found. Keep it with the injuries. One guy that did not play today, and it's now two weeks in a row, and it's a little concerning for me because it, all indications were he was going to play up until about nine, ten o'clock this morning. That's Leonard Fournette. I'm a little concerned now, two, two weeks in a row. Um, you know, the, the Jaguars really, uh, tough, tough loss. They didn't even show up really against the Titans. First it was Blaine Gabbert, the Mariota came in, but Fournette, two weeks in a row. Is this going to be a lingering issue for Leonard Fournette? I think they got cocky, Scott. I think they, I think they thought they'd beat Tennessee without him. I really do. Knowing that Blaine Gabbert was going to start, I think they thought they could beat without him and they were wrong. They got caught. They got cocky. I put this out there. Tennessee's beaten them for the last five games. Okay. They obviously have their number. It's a new coaching staff. Somehow Tennessee's two and one, and they're horrific, by the way. But yeah, they're not I, a good team. I, I think they got cocky. I think that's all there is to it. I think they got cocky, and Tennessee has the number. And that was it. I expected a better game from Blake Bortles. I started Blake Bortles in one of my leagues. Terrible job. I've lost two games in that league because I have not streamed the right quarterback. Incredibly frustrating. But that's what it is. I think Fournette's fine. I think they have a good offensive line. When he gets back, he's going to produce for you. He's going to be an RB1. I think they were cautious, and I think they thought they could beat Tennessee without him, and they were wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I, I agree with you there. I think they just decided they can win this game after last week and sat him, but it's still something that concerns me. You know, I'm a league now where I'm heading to 0-3, the only non-PPR league I do where I took Fournette as my first pick, and right now I'm in a little bit of trouble. Uh, let's talk about a guy who came back from injury, and that's Carson Wentz. Your thoughts on what you saw out of Carson Wentz? Pretty whole hum game, no major mistakes, comes out unscathed. 
Good sign for the Eagles. Carson Wentz out there today. Had this game absolutely nailed. Nailed like a button. Once I heard it was a torrential downpour and I checked, I just went to my phone here, I went to my iPhone and I checked the weather in Philadelphia. It had 80-90% rain the entire game. No thank you. I pulled out Aguilar. Anyone to start Corey Clement? No thank you. Corey Clement was injured, by the way, coming this game. So you'd start Corey Clement at home with Carson Wentz's first start in the pouring rain against a good Colts rush defense. Why would you do that? What? I had him like 42nd, by the way, in my fantasy pros rankings. No chance. I had this one nailed. I think Wentz was fine. I think it was sort of a get well game, get right game, see how we're doing. The rain killed it. You want to have snow, Scott? You can score a million points in the snow. We've seen Tom Brady drop six touchdowns in the snow. But the rain changes everything, especially when it's your first start. So didn't surprise me at all. No problem with the game. It's fine by me, and I think that he'll be much better moving forward. They have to go to Tennessee next week. That'll be a lot of fun. But overall, it, listen, Carson, he came back. He's healthy. They're happy to see him. They got the win. Whatever. But I knew that wasn't going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, I'll stick of the same game. A uh, little little less important, but man, just something to look at, I guess. Colts are down here in this game, and they needed a Hail Mary, and they opted to yep, um, saw that. bring Jacoby Brissett 100%. To throw that Hail Mary, um, all reports are that they weren't concerned about the shoulder. Luck said he was fine with the decision. But, I mean, if you're bringing in your backup quarterback to throw a 60, 65-yard Hail Mary and your your star quarterback's coming off major shoulder problems, I don't care what you say. You're concerned about the shoulder. Of course they're concerned. Of course course they're concerned. I think it's something to monitor. If you have them in redraft, I don't think it's a huge deal. But it shows you that they're scared. It shows you. You can't tell me that they're going to call the play, Scott, on a regular basis as they would normally, and they don't let him throw a Hail Mary. So that means you're not looking for big hits. You're looking for short passes. I think Eric Ebron is still a great value, even when Jack Doyle comes back, because he's going to be Andrew short to intermediate route luck. That's what he's going to be with an occasional deep throw. But he can't throw one Hail Mary? Really? Yeah, that's a little worrisome. I mean, I think the numbers at about 5.3 yards uh, per attempt or completion for luck. is really, It's an all-time low right now. It's only two and a half games or three games for him. But his numbers, he's really, he really has not stretched it out at all. And that's a little concerning. Like I said, he'll get a little bit of notoriety tonight and tomorrow, and then it'll kind of go off into the sunset. But if he can't make a 60-yard pass on a Hail Mary, how's he going to make a 60-yard pass during a game? That's a little bit little bit concerning. Yeah, and again, don't go nuts. It was raining. He was 25 of 40 for 164 yards, one touchdown. He ran one run time for 33 yards. It was fine in the rain. I just think they're being conservative, and if that's the case – I, I don't want Jacoby Brissett throwing a Hail Mary over Andrew Luck, but it shows they're concerned. And I think it may affect their play calling, which is why the two tight end set is going to be used over and over again. Yeah, not not injury related, but we did see possibly a changing of a guard in Arizona. Uh, Sam Bradford stay as the Cardinals starting quarterback. May have lasted all of two and a half games. We did say Josh Rosen came in to close it out and try to lead the Cardinals back from the uh, down 16-14, unfortunately, did not happen. They had a 14-0 lead in this game, but I believe we are going to see Josh Rosen going forward and Steve Wilkes would not commit to Bradford in week four. And honestly, he probably shouldn't. I mean, most of the time when Bradford plays, when he's healthy, he plays well. But this year, he's just been inept. He's been awful. And this team's 0-3. Needs some sort of shot in the arm. And I'm sure Josh Rosen's the guy for them. Josh Rosen's going to come in and he's going to play very, very well. 
that that's what's going to happen. Um, I think we now know which of the top four running backs in the preseason ADP are not going to end up in the top five, and that's David Johnson because his team is not very good. But I think they're going to have to to scheme him to get him more receptions. Larry Fitzgerald was hurt and also was was only targeted twice in this game. Ridiculous. Christian Kirk had a nice game. I like Josh Rosen moving forward. I think he's a very solid option. I think he's going to ignite this team. Cardinals play well at home, as I knew they would. Sam Bradford is a placeholder. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Rosen's got the team, and he's going to take over going forward. So we get ready to go to quarter two with the AFC home game. AFC home games. I'm going to lead this one. Scott's going to break it down for you. Let's start with Thursday's game. Browns get a win, Scott. 21, Jets 17. They're 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Tyrod got a concussion. Wasn't playing well before then. Baker comes in, saves the day. They have a new Jesus in Cleveland. They sure do. We just talked about Josh Rosen probably taking over in Arizona. Allen, Josh Allen's already playing for the Bills. Darnold for the Jets. Now Mayfield's into the Browns. So it took all of three weeks for all four of the top quarterbacks to get in and take over their teams. Uh, Tyra Taylor was atrocious in this game, and I'm sure there were plenty of people that played him. I know one, our new partner, Minsu, played him in his matchup against you, so I'm sure you can uh, enjoy oh, he that got one. spanked he, like a baby. <laughs> That was that was a tough one there for for him. Tyrod was awful. Uh, Mayfield comes in, gives him a shot in the army. Looked very good. Uh, a lot of energy. The kids got a lot of the uh, uh, moxie, so to say. He looks like he just wants to stick it to anybody he can stick it to, and I think he just enjoy it while he's doing it. Podcast Baker Mayfield moxie. I think that'll be the title of the podcast. Go ahead. Oh, there you go. go ahead. <laughs> title of this one that works. Uh, what do we get? You get Carlos Hyde scoring two touchdowns and going near 100 yards, which drove both of us crazy because you were scrambling if you're going to keep him in because his wife is giving birth or just gave birth before the game. I wanted to take him out Scott, of the best line. I took. I me. put him in. I took him out. I put him back in with one minute before the game started. Well, you benefited from that. 98 and two scores. It's a nice line for Carlos Hyde. Uh, Duke Johnson's been a real disappointment. And I don't know if it's him or it's the play calling, but he just is not getting involved Why did he sign? The worst agent of all time. Why would he sign to come back to Cleveland? Why? I I mean, I don't get it. You're coming off a 90-plus catch season. You would think that you're going to utilize the guy. And he's got two catches for 24. He's not going to get carries, which we understand that. With Hyde and Nick Chubb, and now Hyde has really taken over as the lead guy with the carries. I mean, he's out carrying these guys 23-2-2, to two and two respectively. But, yeah, Duke Johnson not involved, only targeted twice in the passing game. So it's, it's just tough for Duke Johnson fans like myself and others that drafted him. Uh, Jarvis Landry was targeted 15 times, so that's a good sign if you're a Landry owner. And Baker Mayfield's out there, a lot of targets, 8 for 103, so it's a solid stat line there. A little concerned about David Njoku, only two targets. I'd like to see him get a little bit more, but he converted both 36 yards. And then Antonio Callaway, who everybody hopped aboard. It was Josh Gordon was traded, 10 targets, but only four catches for 20 yards. But the, the Browns get a win there, 21-14. Just flip it to the Jets real quick. Sam Darnold probably was not played in this game. I think a lot of people played the Browns' defense. I know I did. Uh, 169 and two picks, no bueno. Uh, the running back situation's Pretty much a 50-50 split. It looks like it's going to be for a while. Powell got 14 carries. Crowell got 16. Powell much better on the yardage, but Crowell got the two touchdowns and what we thought was a revenge game. Did not work out. And then he needed to take care of himself with the ball, wiped his uh, you-know-what with the ball, and that got him 15 yards. Did not help the cause. Quincy Inunua is uh, definitely Sam Darnold's favorite target. So if he's still available, which he probably isn't, someone you want to target. He had eight targets, four for 57. Everybody else spread out. Jermaine Curse is a nice player, but not going to be fantasy relevant. Terrell Pryor, no thank you. Robbie Anderson, 
Uh, big fumble in this game led to some points for the Browns, so that's not something to look uh, positive for Anderson. So Browns win it 21-17. The Baker Mayfield error is underway, and rightfully so in Cleveland. Chiefs 38, Niners 27. The Pat Mahomes show is real. I have something to say when you're done, but why don't you break down this game for us here and then give us the fantasy implications, and I got something to talk about. Yeah, this is another one of those Chiefs games where you blinked and uh, you missed a lot. They were up big early again. Pat Mahomes, another three touchdowns, so he's now at 13 touchdowns, uh, zero picks through three games, so he is making Andy Reid look like a genius. His one touchdown he had there to the back of the end zone, I believe it was, to Chris Conley. He was running around scrambling through a frozen rope on off of his back leg for 25 yards. It was a beautiful throw, so the gun was in full effect there. Uh, myself and Min on the last podcast kind of hinted at the, maybe the Kareem Hunt game was coming. I don't know if it fully came there or not, but we got two touchdowns at 44 yards. So he hasn't really broke off yet, no catches, but we'll take the two scores uh, to go along with the 44 yards. Sammy Watkins is becoming the thing running the ball. Two more carries for him, but he gets a touchdown on uh, five catches for 55 yards. Travis Kelsey led the way again, 10 targets, 8 for 114. Tyreek Hill cool, cooled down a little bit, 2 for 51. He's still got that big play ability, but you're not going to see those numbers you saw week one every week. He'll come to earth a little bit, as will the offense be spread around, because as you saw, we talk about the Chiefs, how everybody gets a touchdown this week. It was Demetrius Harris got one, Chris Conley got one to go along with Watkins' score. So Kareem Hunt and Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes, 13 touchdowns, looks really, really good for the Chiefs, making Andy Reid look like a genius. Flip over to San Francisco. We talked about Jimmy G. Before he got hurt, 251 and two scores, trying to lead the Niners back. They outscored the Chiefs 17-3 in the second half, but it wasn't enough. So we know about the world woes there. Matt Breida is still a thing. Nine yards a carry on only 10 carries, so 90 yards. Alfred Morris got the touchdown on his 14 carries. George Kittle, five receptions for 79. And then it was spread around. I know there's a certain guy that you like, and I'm sure maybe you'll talk about him. You put him out on Twitter, Kyle Juszczyk, uh, two for 38 in the score. Maybe someone to follow as a streaming replacement is what you might have hinted at. And everything else was spread around. Pierre Garçon, only one for 11. So... The Niners are in trouble with no Jimmy G. A lot of these fantasy guys are going to take a hit. And the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, the Pat Mahomes show keeps rolling. They may stamp themselves as number one in my power rankings, although there is another team out in L.A. that is doing a pretty good job as well. So we'll get to them later. Several things to mention. First, ESPN reporter Diana Rossini brought up something that she said she talked before the game to several defensive coordinators. And they basically all said, yeah, yeah, Andy Reid does this every year and then eventually we'll figure it out and we'll slow him down. So I will tell you this. Andy Reid gets hot early. He's a superior coach. He is a Hall of Fame coach. And for me to say that, Scott, without a title of saying something because I am a hard mark. But I do think the re- the regression is coming. Patrick Mahomes has had the greatest start to a season of any quarterback ever. 13 touchdowns, no interceptions in in three games. But there is something to that because he's mimicking what Kareem Hunt did last year. And if you remember, then Kareem Hunt did nothing for 10 weeks. Okay. So I think that's something to pay attention to. Number two, Kareem Hunt today in a game at home that the Kansas City Chiefs scored 38 points, had zero catches for zero yards. Now I'll tell you why, because Alex Smith is no longer the quarterback. So Alex Smith sits back there, Scott, right? And he goes to progression one, progression two, then he hits the running back. Patrick Mahomes goes to progression one, progression two, and then he just freaking slings the ball down the field to somebody down there. That's going to help Tyreek Hill. That's going to help Sammy Watkins. That's going to help Travis Kelsey. 
It's going to hurt Kareem Hunt, but I believe in Andy Reid that he can scheme him in. And yes, I'm going to talk about Kyle Yusek. Kyle Yusek is a valuable part of this offense. He is not your starting RB1, but he is a guy who may get the goal line carries in certain situations, and he is a very good receiver for a fullback. So when they're in the hurry up or something like that, he will be wide open every time. And Scott, if Jimmy Garoppolo is not the quarterback, which he's not going to be, and it's C.J. Beathard, what type of routes are C.J. Beathard going to – what is he going to look for? He's going to look for short routes. Kyle Yusek is a bi-week flex in PPR formats. I said it. Well, I'm glad you said it, not me. So we'll see what Kyle Yuschek can do. Um, I'm not going to stand by you on that one. I think that'll be just, you know, once every six games, he'll get a catch, score a touchdown, and you'll tweet out, oh, see, I told you he's a bi-week replacement, my friend. I'm just and telling you. Not, not, not somebody for me. All right, fair enough. Moving on, next game, AFC. Dolphins 28, Raiders 20, Amari Cooper horrific. Marshawn Lynch always gets a touchdown, and the Dolphins are 3-0. and yeah, I don't know how serious to take this 3-0. I really, I really don't. I mean, the game against Tennessee had 45 stoppages due to weather. And they go on the road. They beat the Jets in a game where Sam Darnold made some mistakes. The defense didn't make any plays. And then they beat the Raiders, who are traveling coast to coast. And they don't have their things stuffed together. So they're a nice 3-0 to Dolphins. And if you opted to take Ryan Tannehill in a potentially nice matchup at home in DFS, you got rewarded. 289 and three scores. And probably was not used much in redraft. Albert Wilson threw a touchdown on a beautiful trick play. He threw a 50 yard, 52 yard touchdown to Jaquim Grant. Uh, the running game, Kenyon Drake, uh, you are a bad running back. Five carries, three yards. Frank Gore, six for 12. There was no running game at all for the Miami Dolphins. And that's concerning because the Raiders, not that good on defense, period. Uh, so that's something to be concerned about. And that's something I'm concerned about because I do have Drake and a few. Receiving wise, everybody got some catches. Spread around the notables, Kenny Stills, three for 61 in the touchdown. Jakeem Grant had two touchdowns, not played at all. Probably really deep flyer in DFS. And Albert Wilson scored, threw one, and caught one. So good game for Albert Wilson if you took a swing with him. Danny, Danny Amendola really hasn't taken any steps forward with the Dolphins. And Devontae Parker really not existed, two for 40. So not somebody you're targeting anywhere on the Dolphins side. Go over to the Raiders. Derek Carr, 345, a touchdown and two picks. Uh, you know, what could have been a decent matchup, even though it was on the road. The yardage numbers were there, but just not, not enough for me from Carr. Marshawn Lynch, 19 for 64 to score. Still not a Lynch guy, but he continues to produce a decent weekly number. Doug Martin, 9 for 43, and really that's all there was rushing. Uh, we said it before. Jordy Nelson had 140 yards receiving in 10 minutes. Finishes the day 6 for 173 and a score. So if you stack the Carr Nelson in DFS, you worked out well there. Jalen Richard is a thing. I like Jalen Richard. I think he needs to be involved in this offense more. Six for 59. Jared Cook had five more catches. Martavis Bryant, two for 30. And we talked about Amari Cooper after the 11-catch week last week. Two catches, 17 yards. Slowly getting to that feast of famine category, at least in my eyes. It's only three weeks, but if we're going to go on, off, on, off, or off, on, off, on, that's kind of what we're staring at, my friend. No, I, I don't. I don't put him at feast or famine because Jordy Nelson's not having 140 yards receiving. If Jordy Nelson had 140 yards receiving, then he's then he's useless. But just like I feel about Derrick Henry, who we'll get to in a little bit, they can't win without Amari Cooper. So if Amari Cooper ends up having a terrible fantasy season, then the Raiders are going to be like one in 15. That that's where they're going to be because they don't have that many playmakers on that team. 
but he may not – the idea that he is not getting the ball in this game, I don't care if they double-team. They double-team Antonio Brown. They double-team Julio Jones. They double-team Odell Beckham. They get open. He has enough skills to get open, and it certainly is concerning. Uh, this one probably won't take you long. Uh, Titans 9, Jaguars 6. Yeah, this one's going to be real quick for me to discuss. Um Blake Bortles had the game of his life last week against the Patriots. Not so much this week. No, he didn't turn the ball over, but he only threw for 155 yards at home against a Titan team that I cannot believe is 2-1. and one. We already talked about that. Uh, the running backs without Fournette, bad. Yeldon, 7 for 44. Corey Grant did nothing, 6 for 11. And I'm sure there was a lot of Yeldon and a lot of Corey Grant in DFS and even streaming plays for a lot of those guys that were injured. He was, they were both probably used. I used Corey Grant, and that did not work out too well for me. Keelan Cole came down to earth a little bit, 5 for 40, was targeted nine times, but that's really all you get there. D.D. Westbrook yet to really get going. Safarian Jenkins, 3 for 18. And Dante Moncrief is absolutely feast or famine, so, you know, understand that. Tennessee side, Blaine Gabbert got knocked out of this game early. He wasn't playing him anyway. Marcus Mariota came in. No one played him because he wasn't expected to play. Uh, Derrick Henry, concerned, 18 for 57. I would be concerned here because now it's three weeks. And the, the ground game has not really produced anything. It's pretty much similar to what we saw and what we see in other situations. I kind of compare it right now to the Lions run game, which is still non-existent. Um, Deion Lewis, 9 for 26. We skipped Mariota again because he wasn't played. And, you know, Taiwan Taylor led the way with four catches for 30 yards. It was just not a good game offensively from either team. But somehow, the Tennessee Titans, who have the Jags number, go into Jacksonville and win this game 9-6 in an absolutely uneventful, boring game. Yeah, and and I bought in a, a couple offensive coordinator hires or changes that that have bothered me is the first one is in Tennessee. They brought over Matt LaFleur, totally new coaching staff for the most part. LaFleur was with who last year? Sean McVay, okay? And anyone who's been one of the new hot coaches has done a decent job. He's got talent out the yin-yang on this team, and they're doing absolutely nothing. And I don't think it's because of Marcus Mariota, because they didn't look good in Miami in week one. So that one is crazy. The other one that's gone the other way is Tampa Bay. Todd Munkin has called the plays for Dirk Cotter, and that's kind of the reason why I messed up on Tampa Bay, because Dirk Cotter's terrible. So Todd Munkin is another one of these young hotshot guys. He's hit, but in but in Titanland, Matt LaFleur has it. If they're going to win games, Derrick Henry has to be bigger part of the game. He is 6'3", 250 pounds. He runs a 4'5", He's huge. He's got to be a part of the offense. There's a difference between him not being good and him not being utilized. And that's what's going on in Tennessee. If they're going to win, they're not winning with Deion Lewis getting the lead carries. It's not happening. It will not. They need Derrick Henry. I still think he's viable. He's obviously been a massive disappointment. I do not think he's droppable yet. I would not do that. But I have to admit I'm concerned with it. But if they're going to win, he's got to be a part of it, just like the Raiders have to. Well, the Jerry's going to use Jared Cook. Jared Cook's going to be a tight end one. What are the Titans going to do? They're going to hit who? John O. Smith, who I like. But like he, they have to. They are a running team. Two yards in a cloud of dust. That's what they do. And they've got to get better at it. Rest of the season, Derrick Henry or Royce Freeman? Royce Freeman, not close. Okay. There you go. Uh, Ravens 27, Broncos 14. Easy one here for the Ravens as they head into a big Sunday night game in Pittsburgh next week. 
Yeah, they do. The Broncos put up 14 in the first quarter. Uh, you thought maybe we'd have a little bit of game, and then Case Keenum happened, and that's what Case Keenum is. He's just he he's stinks. A, he's yeah. a poor, he's a very very poor man's version of an Alex Smith. Chad Kelly's got to start soon. He's got to yeah, start soon. It, yeah, I mean, you know, he's he can't really get much going. I uh, will start on the Denver side. Case Keenum. You know, I know Min probably played him because that's his boy. But he's other terrible. than that, he might be the only person that played him. Uh, One ninety two in a pick. Royce Freeman. 13 for 53 to score. Philip Lindsay was ejected in this game, so they had a lot of Freeman to really be the guy. But again, not much going on because you're playing from behind, so you can't keep running the ball. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders ran the ball for 35 yards on one carry. Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders both with five catches. 63 yards for Thomas, 38 for Sanders. It's really all you're looking for there. Freeman had a catch out of the backfield, but irrelevant uh, yardage-wise. Baltimore side, Joe Flacco, 277 in the score, enough to win. I know you tweeted out that Javaris Allen is a thing, and he is because he's getting two touchdowns. Unfortunately, he only got 26 yards, but he does take two touchdowns in the game. Uh, Alex Collins carried the ball 18 times, 68 yards on a score. He also caught three passes, but for many schools, six yards. So Allen is, is getting the ball inside the 20, which is a concern for Alex Collins' owners, but it was nice to see Alex Collins get the bulk of the handoffs and get a touchdown to capitalize on that as well. Uh, John Brown is a thing for Joe Flacco, 5 for 86. Michael Crabtree, 7 for 61. So those are the two guys you're looking at. Know you're a Willie Sneed guy. He was targeted five times, 3 for 39. He's going to be one of those guys that's going to pop once or twice this year, but not enough to be consistent in my eyes. Talked about the Allen touchdown already at three catches on that. Uh, Mark Andrews maybe going to become a thing at the tight end position, 2 for 59. Back-to-back weeks with a couple of catches and getting involved in the offense. And that's really it. I mean, Lamar Jackson gets lined up in a few plays, but I think that's really... I really think that serves no purpose at this point other than just upsetting your quarterback. So, you know, if Joe Flack was your quarterback, and keep Lamar Jackson off the field. Let your pocket passer pass from the pocket. Are you positive on Alex Collins? That this was a positive game for Alex Collins? You happy, happy about it? Have I mean, now, right? You happy about it, right? T- tell yeah. me why we shouldn't. No, no, I asked a question. Uh, you said you, 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 what are you, what are characterized as? It's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction. And t- towards what direction is that exactly? I'm just curious. It's a step in what direction? Upward. Upward towards what? Towards what? Fantasy relevancy. Fantasy relevance. And so that line, I just want to see if I'm reading this right. 18 carries, 68 yards, one touchdown, three receptions, six yards. That is a step in the right direction. How many points is that? In uh, no, no. Questions with a question doesn't work here. That's a step in the right direction. That's what you said, right? That game you feel is a step in the right direction towards fantasy relevance? Is Did I get the wording right? It's 17.7 fantasy points in a PPR. I, I just wonder if I got it right. That's a step in the right direction. That game it. I just read. Okay. Then how come you're not a Marshawn Lynch guy who had 19 carries for 64 yards, one touchdown, three receptions for 22 yards? Because I've never been a Marshawn Lynch guy, period. And the but offense. Why is that though? Why are you an Alex oh, Collins the first guy? Why are you an Alex Collins guy when Javorius Allen continues to be a problem and you cite his low yardage, but you're not a Marshawn Lynch guy who has a massive more touch share than anyone in the Oakland backfield? There's two other guys in the Oakland backfield as well that got touches. Neither one of them are doing nearly the impact that Buck Allen is doing to to Alex Collins. You take away that the two touchdowns, Buck Allen had 26 yards. Jalen Richard had 60 yards receiving alone. And when they get to the goal line, 
Marshawn Lynch is the only back on the field. And when they get to the goal line, which, hello, Herm Edwards, we play to score in fantasy football, Buck Allen is on the field. That's the problem. Age, age has something to do with it when it comes to Marshawn Lynch as well. So it's, 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 hey, listen, to each is their own. I'm, I, I believe in Alex Collins. I'm not saying but he's going to. There's gonna... no consistency. This is classic my guy bias. You like Alex Collins. There's no, there's nothing logical. You taught me I'm an anti everybody else AFC North bias, but now it's my guy bias. You, you... He's done, Alex Collins has done nothing in his career. He was cut by Seattle. He's a fifth round pick. He runs a 4-6-40 and has never done anything. Yet this is a step in the right direction. Yet the guy who's beast mode, who eats Skittles all the time, who has a tremendous history of success and is the only game in town at the goal line, you're low on. It's the way it's the way I've been. I've always been low on Marshawn Lynch I, in Oakland. Let's put it that way. While he was in Seattle, it was a different story. I just do not trust him in Oakland. But you trust Alex Collins in Baltimore? I'm not telling you I'm throwing Alex Collins in there as my top running back every week. Who do you trust more rest of schedule, Alex Collins or Marshawn Lynch? I'd have to look at the schedules. Don't have you, that, then you, you're crazy is what you are if you have to look at the schedule for that. Because next week, Buck Allen at the one. Which team is going to be a more positive game script the rest of the season? What does that even mean? The Raiders are 0-3, and Marshawn Lynch is outproducing Alex Collins. They can go 0-16, and it's the same thing he's doing right now. Positive game script? They were up 21 nothing. They were up 41-6 in the first game, and he's still getting out-snapped. What are you talking about, positive game script? He had as positive a game script as you could possibly have in week one. Josh Allen was getting sacked. No one knows what's going on. There's pouring rain. They're up by 40 points. Big Buck Allen. Boom. Boom. Then why a week ago did you try to trade Alex, trade for Alex Collins? I didn't try to trade for yes, anybody. What are you talking about? You asked me for Alex Collins a week and a half ago. So because I, uh, this is how dumb you are. This is how dumb you are. The, your, your dumbness is leaking through the microphone. Because I offered you Peyton Barber for Alex Collins, which I forgot. I'm not arguing that Alex Collins is the worst running back in the National Football League. Here's one for you. Jo- I'll trade you Jonathan Stewart for Alex Collins. Does that mean I like Alex Collins? Here's another one. I'll trade you Rod Smith of the Cowboys for Alex Collins. Does that mean I like Alex Collins? So because I'm offered for Alex Collins, that somehow makes you feel like you're winning the argument that Alex Collins is better than Marshawn Lynch? That is the dumbest thing you have ever said in your life. The du- Already? I'll trade you Kyle Yusek for Alex Collins. Oh, see? So you can't make fun of Alex Collins. This no. is ridiculous. You like Alex Collins. It's my guy bias. I like him. I like him. I'm not objective. I like Alex Collins. Marshawn Lynch is better than Alex Collins, but you won't admit it because you don't like Marshawn Lynch. This you like Alex guy, Collins. This my guy bias. I own Alex Collins in one out of seven leagues. But you're so defending him. You're watching game. You're not seeing logic. It's like looking at this Tampa, this game right now in New England saying, you know, Patriots look good. That's what you're, you're not seeing stuff that's there. Buck Allen is a problem. And Kenneth Dixon isn't even back yet. But you're stepping the right direction. There's no step in the right direction. He was a third or fourth round draft pick that gets knocked off the field by Buck Allen, who catches every pass and falls down on the ground. God! Keep it real here. Moving on! <laughs> Next one. God, I need a drink. 
Giants beat the Texans. Texans, Giants 27, Texans 22. I gotta tell you, I think Alfred Blues took a step in the right direction in this game. Yeah, he might have. He actually outperformed Lamar Miller, so that's oh, a good sign. Oh, got a touchdown. Come on. Anyway, Eli Manning, 297 and two scores. Offensive line held up a little bit better for him. Eric Flowers was benched. We found that out this, uh, this morning. Uh, Richard Wheeler, I believe his name was, got in there and faced uh, J.J. Watt. Held his own. Watt did get a couple of sacks. But Eli, 297 and two touchdowns. In Houston, most likely not played much, but you did get Saquon Barkley, get you 17 and 82. He also had another five catches for 35. Barkley does score a touchdown, so a good stat line. Good stat line for Saquon Barkley. Uh, Odell Beckham, nine for 109, targeted 10 times. Sterling Shepard gets the closeout touchdown, six for 80 to score. Red Ellison, uh, touchdown on three, 39 yards, and Evan Ingram for the second consecutive week leaves the game with a concussion, so there's going to be some concern for Evan Ingram going forward. It's two weeks in a row he's taken out. This one he did not return to as well. So worth monitoring that situation. He was only targeted one time before he left the game. Quarters pass for 19 yards. Deshaun Watson threw for 385 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. But in all honesty, if you watch this game, Watson was not good. A lot of this came in the fourth quarter when they're chasing points. Watson looks a little bit lost at the moment. So he's having some trouble adjusting back from the injury. And it looks like defenses and teams are starting to get a read on him. The stat line is big, but he was not good overall in this game. 5 for 36 in the ground. Lamar Miller had 10 carries for 10 yards. Saved his day by getting a touchdown in the fourth quarter on 5 for 41 in that score. A Will Fuller is a thing when Watson is out there. It's 5 for 101 in the touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins, 6 for 86. Fuller out-targeted. Hopkins, 11 to 10. So when Watson's out there, Will Fuller is someone to look for, especially at home. Everything else here for the Texan side, really not worthy of notice, uh, saying anything about, but the Giants, Get a much-needed win. They go to 1-2. and two. The Texans fall to 0-3, and, and it's going to be a long season in Houston as quickly. We know the stats. When you go to 0-3, your playoff hopes are pretty much slim to none. Giants get a big win, 27-22. The Texans' offensive line is the absolute worst in the NFL. They made the Giants' offensive line actually look good in this game. Deshaun Watson has no time to do anything. They figured him out. His small sample size from last year is now not translating, which is why when we did our redrafts, I looked at this on Fantasy Pro, Scott. He was the number two quarterback by ADP. That is idiotic. They have no offense. They have no offensive line. It's terrible. They can't do anything. The Giants didn't even have Olivier Vernon. They didn't have a great rush defense. And Lamar Miller, 10 rushes, 10 yards. It's not him. Because Alfred Blue's four for 13. There's no running lanes there. Miller caught a touchdown, which saved his day. They can't run the ball. Saquon Barkley is a phenomenal running back. He's one of the top five running backs in the NFL. The problem is they need a quarterback when Eli's done. If they find a quarterback in the next two years, this was a fine pick. If they don't, this was a mistake. Because you have Carrion Johnson tonight running for almost 100 yards against the Patriots. So you can find running the place, but it certainly seems like the quarterbacks are pretty darn good. Barkley's great. They just need a quarterback. Yeah, they need a quarterback, and if the line holds up, then Barkley will be even better. I mean, that's two big things. It was never a knock on his talent and what he can do. It was a knock on what was around him. And we knew the line was bad, and the quarterback's getting old, that he can't move. All right, let's hit the third quarter. Third quarter underway, NFC home games, and we're going to kick it off with the highest scoring game of the weekend, and that was an overtime thriller in Atlanta. Saints and Falcons, there is plenty for you to break down. 
Yeah, a lot to break down. The Saints have a good rush defense, which is why Tevin Coleman wasn't a, wasn't a great play. I took him out of my DFS lineup. I did cash in DFS this week, put in my one lineup because that's who I am, and I actually did cash, but I took Coleman out. Thank God I did only 15 for 33. The Calvin Ridley show is here. I know you have Calvin Ridley on some teams. That's an excellent pick. I guess the deal is, Scott, that Steve Sarkissian has figured out how to score in the red zone. It's just don't throw it to Julio Jones. Mohamed Sanu can catch in the red zone. Calvin Ridley has seven for 146 and three touchdowns. Austin Hooper had a touchdown last week in the red zone. Tevin Coleman caught a pass in the red zone, but Julio Jones can't get the ball in the red zone. It's absolutely maddening. He was five for 96. It's good, not great. Edo Smith is wonderful. They don't need Devonta Freeman. If he's out for the rest of the year, they won't skip a beat whatsoever. Matt Ryan, 26 of 35, 374 yards, five touchdowns. He's my number five quarterback on Fantasy Pros this week. I was ripped on Twitter. Thank you very much because I am clairvoyant and I'm rolling this week. Over to the Saints, Drew Brees. 39 of 49, 396, three touchdowns, no interception, and he had two rushing, including a nice spin move there at the end. This is a big, big win for the Saints. I interviewed Gina Thomas for the Road of His Radio uh, Fantasy Football Beat. She said she was drowning her sorrows after this loss because you can't put up 37 at home and not win the game. Alvin Kamara did not score, but he has 15 receptions. That's right, 15 receptions, 124 yards, 66 more on the ground. Michael Thomas, even though they were all over him, 10 targets, 10 receptions, 129 yards. Scott's got 38 receptions through three games. Give me a break. Calvin Meredith, something to watch if you need a wide receiver. He came back, only caught one pass, but it was for a touchdown. Ted Gidd Jr., only three for 12. He caught a touchdown. That's what we got here. 43-37, high-scoring game. It wasn't like that way in the first half, but once you got to the fourth quarter there, 30 combined points between the teams. They went to overtime, and the Saints win the game. Alvin Kamara, 31 touches. He was targeted 20 times in the passing game. 20 <laughs> targets. You said the Falcons won't miss a beat without Freeman. Well, the Saints going to miss a beat without Ingram? Uh, I think they need Ingram because I think they're worried about Kamara wearing down. Okay? So I think they need him back if just to take some touches away from Kamara. Gillisley's doing nothing. There's no one else there. Taysom Hill was there, had three carries for 39 yards. So I think they could use him back just to even it out. And by the way, they really don't have a second receiver. It's pretty much Kamara. So unless Karen and Meredith steps up, he said he wanted to get Traquan Smith involved. Traquan Smith, no targets. Good job, Sean Payton. I think they need him back just so Kamara doesn't wear down. How'd you like to be a fantasy owner that had Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara, like me, and still lose your week? Is that true? That's what I did, my friend, in your league. Both of them, and I'm still losing. Anyway, let's go to the upset of the year, the day, the biggest upset in nearly 25 years. The Bills, a 17-point road underdog. They went to Minnesota, and all they did was win by 21. Yeah, nothing. No one could have predicted this. There's no logic. This is Josh Allen on the road. This is a Vikings team that has played very well defensively. They have a good pass rush. The only thing I can tell you about this game is that the Minnesota offensive line is still a problem. Uh, Chris Thomason talked to me about it when we did the, the team preview series. He said the offensive line was still a work in progress, and I guess it was. But with no LaShawn McCoy against Chris Ivory, Andre Holmes was a leading receiver, a wide receiver spot that is, three receptions, 29 yards. There is no way you could have seen this coming. They stuffed the run. Uh, you know, I, Sean McDermott does a good job on defense. We know that's how we got the team to the playoffs last year. But this was bizarre. Kirk Cousins, 40 of 55. 40 of 55, 296, one touchdown, one interception. Adam Thielen had 14 receptions. Most of that came late, by the way. He saved his game. Stephon Diggs, 4 for 17. Really? 4 for 17 for Stephon Diggs at home against the Bills. Shocking game. Josh Allen, 
two rushing touchdowns, one throwing, did not throw a pick. That was impressive as well. Nothing much going on here. I don't think Dalvin Cook makes that big a difference. I think the Vikings will bounce back, but this was a shocker. There was no way. And I put this out there. I said, don't start a road defense. I was going to start the Miami Dolphin defense over the Bears in your Yahoo League. I didn't because I wanted to get Tyler Boyd because I saw Tyler Boyd going off today. I thought he could have a big game. I knew he wouldn't be on the waiver wire. So this morning, I dropped the Dolphins defense, even though I thought they would be better than the Bears today, and they were, to pick up Tyler Boyd. And what happened here? The Dolphins defense showed up. Somebody writes back to me on Twitter. Well, you could have had the Bills defense today on the road. They would have did pretty well. Thank you, jackass. Thank you very much. And there, now you're blocked. Thank you very much. You can't do that. Road defenses are risky. That doesn't mean that every defense that's on the road is going to be bad. No, that's not what it means. But it means if you look at process over results, don't tell me I'm shocked that the Bills defense played well. What I'm shocked about is that the Bills won. I'm not shocked that the Bills defense played well. They're on the road at Minnesota. You're going to take a home defense. Great job. But that doesn't mean that that's what you want to trust in your fantasy matchups when you have one matchup per week. You don't want to trust a defense on the road because weird stuff happens. Yeah, on Thursday we previewed this game with Ben, and I, at the end of it I said, you know, We'll talk all about the Vikings meet up, but who knows? The Bills will probably be up seven nothing early in this game. Well, it wasn't seven. They were up seventeen nothing early in this game. And that's how this one turns out. Uh, Latavius Murray, one yard, by the way. And I put him out as a DFS play. My apologies to you all. That was brutal. Right. I mean, you think that's a safe pick. Absolutely. That, I mean, that, that's my point. That's a safe pick. That's process over results. Oh, you see, you recommended Latavius Murray. He only had one yard. Shut up. <laughs> Colts, Eagles, Eagles at home hosted the Colts. Andrew Luck, the return of Carson Wentz. Uh, fantasy implications going forward. Uh, Corey Clement was a guy for me. Wendell Smallwood wound up being the guy with the touchdown and some more action. Uh, break this one down. Rain, rain, stay away. You don't want to trust anybody in this game. Luck was mediocre. Wentz was mediocre, but it's his first game back. Wendell Smallwood, you're not going to trust Corey Clement. He's a small size running back. He's basically a satellite running back, maybe a little plus. You're not going to trust him. Dallas Goddard, no receptions last week. We worried about it this week. Seven receptions, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Aguilar was shut down, but it was the rain. I don't think it was anything else to do with that. Enough with the Jordan Matthews, though. Aguilar is going to be the receiver moving forward. T.Y. outside in the rain, five for 50 is best he's going to do. Ryan Grant, thank you for nothing. I put you in DFS lineup last week. This week he catches a touchdown. Eric Ebron is still going to be solid. I, Scott, I just don't take much from this game. It was rain. It was the road. It was Wentz's first game back. Luck can't throw a deep Hail Mary. It's kind of a throwaway game. I will tell you this. Enough of Jordan Wilkins. Enough of Jordan Wilkins. They can't run the ball, even though their offensive line is better. He's not the guy to go to. I still think it's Mac, but he's got to get healthy first. Yeah, I touched on it earlier. The only things I take out of this game, Wentz is healthy, and Andrew Luck can't throw 60 yards down the field. So those are the two big takeaways for me in this game. Uh, another one of these, uh, I'd say, upsets. It was Even though it's a home team, but definitely an upset. The Redskins beat the Packers 31-17. Uh, this game really wasn't close. Uh, Redskins got out to a big lead early, and they kind of kept the foot on the gas. And Adrian Peterson looks like he's 24. Yeah, again, this is are the Redskins bad enough that they're going to get blown out twice in a row at home? Of course not. They're not. I, I, did I expect the Packers to win? Yes. Did I think it would be close? 100%. 100%. Because these are, the NFL team has a parity. Everybody's pretty close to each other, man. So it's not like you're going to get steamrolled three, two times in a row at home. I expected the Redskins to play better. Alex Smith, 220 yards. Two touchdowns, one interception. That's what I expected. 
Chris Thompson, not a lot. Only one reception on two targets. Surprised by that. They shut him down. That must have been a scheme thing. Adrian Peterson looked fantastic. Running the ball at home against Green Bay. Impressive. 19 rushes, 120 yards, two touchdowns. The receivers are non-existent. Jamison Crowder did have a touchdown, four for 39. That was not a great line. Paul Richardson flashed last week, one catch, 46 yards, and a touchdown. You just can't trust anyone with Alex Smith in this passing game. He's gone back, Scott, to the Alex Smith we know and love. Last year was an anomaly. On the other side, Aaron Rodgers, yep, uh, 265 yards, two touchdowns, very tidy. Aaron Jones is a better running back than Jamal Williams. I dropped Jamal Williams in almost all my leagues, and people are picking him up. Fantastic. I saw a slow, plodding guy. You and I argued about him last year because he ripped up the Steelers. He's not fast. He's not elusive. He's a jag. He's just a guy. Aaron Jones is the better running back. He had six for 42, seven yards a carry. That's the guy that they're going to have moving forward. Um, Gerard Allison caught a touchdown, two for 76. Even though Devontae Adams got Josh Norman, he still managed a touchdown. Somebody asked me if you should bench Devontae Adams. You're not benching Devontae Adams against anyone if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. You're not doing that. Seven catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown. Randall Cobb, terrible game, four for 23. Jimmy Graham, only five for 45. He's not – again, he's sort of similar to what we talked about. Maybe touchdowns, but not a lot of receptions. Ty Montgomery made an appearance 6 for 48 as well. As for the tight ends on Washington, Jordan Reed, I know when he's healthy, he's dynamic. But with Vernon Davis there, it's not going to be easy because Vernon Davis is still going to get targets, and Josh Dotson is droppable. Yeah, uh, Ty Montgomery intrigues me a little bit. If Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are going to run, maybe he gets more involved. In the passing game, lines up a little bit more as a receiver than a running back, so he could have a little bit of sneaky value going forward. See how that plays out. Six six catches was good to see this week. Maybe that maybe you see something like that going forward. Uh, Bengals went to Carolina. Panthers win this game, thirty-one twenty-one. Both teams now two and one. Uh, Ron Rivera trying to live up to his promise with the touches for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, McCaffrey twenty-eight rushes. Jeez, twenty-eight rushes, one hundred and eighty-four yards. He is every part of third down back, three down back. He's one of the few in the NFL. CJ Anderson is irrelevant. I don't care about the reception on the touchdown. That's fine. Devin Funches is better than people give him credit for. With Greg Olson out, he's going to be a thing. Four receptions, 67 yards and a touchdown. I will tell you this. Watch Ian Thomas. He's getting better. They have to use the tight end. Torrey Smith is the only other receiving option. Jarius Wright, DJ Moore's done nothing. Ian Thomas will be a thing. If you need a tight end, he only had three for 20 in this game, but he did have five targets. He's incrementally better. That's what I'm telling you. Cam Newton, fantastic. Two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns. Great job. Go to Cincinnati. Listen, they were 2-0. This is a road game against a Panther team that lost last week. I have no problem with it. Andy Dalton, 352 yards good. Two touchdowns good. Four interceptions bad. But that's fine. Giovanni Bernard, I know wasn't, I did not think was a great play. I don't think Gio is a guy who could take three down work. They need Joe Mixon back. He did have 12 for 61 and a touchdown. But he, he had five receptions, 25 yards. It's fine. He did fine, but he's not a guy that I think you can trust in every single week. You're not going to want to play him on the road next week. I think you're going to, if he's home and Mixon will be back by then, it's fine. But be very careful with just sticking Giovanni Bernard and saying he's chalk. As for the receiving, AJ Green, 558. This game went exactly as I thought it would. Tyler Eifert's okay. He's not great. They're always worried about him getting injured, so they're going to play C.J. Uzma and Tyler Croft because they want to make sure he doesn't get hurt. And Tyler Boyd is the second option. What you want to do in fantasy football is you want to find the consolidated targets, right? The Antonio Brown, the Juju Smith-Schuster, the Demarius Thomas, the Emmanuel Sanders last year, the Adam Thielen, the Stefan Diggs. In this case, there is a consolidated Target share between AJ Green and Tyler Boyd. AJ Green is number one. He's phenomenal. No problem. 
Tyler Boyd is an issue, and that's why I grabbed him in two leagues because I wanted him on my roster. Six for 132 and a touchdown is a bit much, but I'll tell you this, Scott, he's a lock wide receiver three every single week as long as Dalton's playing and A.J. Green's playing because Tyler Eifert ain't getting 12 receptions, and they're not hitting John Ross. It's just not happening right now, so he's a guy I really like moving forward. Yeah, I mean, targets are there for John Ross, seven targets, but no no production. Uh, Tyler Boyd's going to be worth even more if A.J. Green is out, left this game with a groin. Uh, did after the game say that he would be fine for week four, but we'll see how that plays out. That's something I got to monitor because I'm all over AJ Green across the board. And if and Scott, really quick, if you want to monitor something next week, they go to Atlanta, tough spot, right? Listen to what they have after that: home Miami, home Pittsburgh, at Kansas City, home Tampa Bay, bye week, home New Orleans. That, my friend, is a pretty friendly defensive slate of teams coming up, including four road games there. Just something to think about. Yep, sure is an enticing schedule coming up for the Bengals. Let's keep it rolling here. The My Super Bowl preview uh, that I put down on Score Pro Sports earlier this year, Chargers visited the Rams. Uh, Super Bowl preview not looking too good. Chargers at one and two, but the Rams, my opinion right now, the most complete team in football. They win this game 35-23. Rams are wonderful. Todd Gurley is going to make me look like an idiot for picking Ezekiel Elliott over him. He's been fantastic. Sean McVay is a great coach. Jared Goff bounced back with three touchdown passes. Little known fact, Robert Woods is leading the team in receptions and targets, and he showed up in this game big way. Ten receptions, 104 yards, and two touchdowns. Love my guy Cooper Cup. He's fantastic value. He's much better than Brandon Cooks in terms of ADP. Four receptions, 71 yards, and got a touchdown, a big 53-yard one. Brandon Cooks, seven for 90. He's okay. He's just not worth his, where he was drafted. On the passing, on the uh, Chargers side, Melvin Gordon, death taxes. Again, the consolidated target share. Mike Williams is a feast or famine guy, and he feasted today. Four receptions, 81 yards, two touchdowns. Antonio Gates actually came up like the undertaker through the casket. He made a couple plays. Keenan Allen be fine. He was only three for 44, but the key is Melvin Gordon. He's going to be involved today. He only had four targets, two receptions, Four yards, but he is an integral part. Is he good? No, he's not as good. He's not as good as Saquon Barkley. He's not as good as Todd Gurley. I don't think he's even as good as Ezekiel Elliott. But you know what? It doesn't matter. He's the focus of the offense. At least this year he's going to be. 15 rushes, 80 yards, and had a touchdown. Rivers was great. 18 to 30, 226, two touchdowns, no interceptions. It is what it is. The, the Chargers are a solid team. They could be a tough out, but they got to get their players healthy. They got to get Bosa back. As for the Rams, they look phenomenal. Yeah, back-to-back weeks for Mike Williams getting in the end zone. His targets are there, so maybe this will be a little more than maybe feast or famine for Mike Williams if he can go on a consistent basis. Could provide, uh, prove to be a solid number two. Rivers is trusting him more. Yeah, Rivers trusting him. Yeah, right. I mean, back-to-back weeks for the touchdown, and the targets are there. I mean, six last week, seven this week. So someone, something to look at is Mike Williams, and uh, as a could be a solid number two option. Take a look at what else we got here on the NFC slate as we get ready to wrap the third quarter up. We had the Bears. And the Cardinals, Cardinals at a 14 nothing lead. Josh Rosen's now a charge. Bears win at 16-14. Yeah, somebody got mad at me because I told them to bench uh, Jordan Howard. Really, guys? Really? 24 for 61, 2.5 yards of carry, and I'm wrong? Really? Well, he got a touchdown. Okay, that's great. So he, got, he got a touchdown. So, therefore, if someone catches a touchdown, that means – So, basically, since Jerron Brown caught a touchdown, he's better than A.J. Green? No, it just worked out that way. Again, process over results. Uh, Jordan Howard, 24-61. I love that he's the center of the offense, Scott. I, he's he's going to pop at some point. He had two targets. He caught them both for 20 yards. 
Tariq Cohen, you know, he's a satellite back. He's a, he's a, he's a Kyle Yusek flex play. I mean, he, he's not significant enough to do anything. He's a wing and a prayer. Trey Burton, I was totally right about Trey Burton. He's useless. He had four for 55 in this game. That's only because Allen Robinson was guarded by Patrick Peterson. If it was any other game, Trey Burton has done nothing. He caught the little shovel pass for one touchdown. He's not Travis Kelsey. He's not getting eight, eight targets. Enough of this with Trey Burton. That was, I hate Trey Burton. He had four for 55. That is not a good pick. Anthony Miller, four for 35. Eh, maybe he'll pop by the end of the year. Taylor Gabriel does nothing. Trubisky, he's got to get better. I'm starting to hear rumblings out of Chicago here that Trubisky's got to get better because Matt Nagy's expected more. And remember, he only had one year of college experience as a starter before coming pro. He should be a lot better. Patrick Mahomes, Scott, can go 13 13 touchdown passes in three games. And Mitch Trubisky can't throw one in Arizona. All right. Other side, Josh Rosen's going to start. I've had enough of that. David Johnson, they got to get him more involved. Biggest play call for Mike McCoy. He should get fired. They're driving down the field, Scott. I think it was a third and two, and he hands the ball off to Chase Edmonds with David Johnson on the sideline. They're driving for the game-winning field goal. He puts David Johnson on the sideline on third and two, something like that, and uh, Chase Edmonds loses five yards. Terrible job. Oh, Ricky Seals-Jones, I liked him, but I'm not going to break about one reception. I don't care if it's a touchdown. And Christian Kirk, seven for 90. Larry Fitz has to get healthy. Yeah, uh, Trubisky, like you said, has to produce because with this defense and now Khalil Mack on there, they're, they're swarming all over the place. The Bears defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. So if Trubisky can just be average, maybe Blake Bortles-esque, the Bears may be able to be a contender in the SNFC. I mean, 2-1 and now, they get a road win, they beat Seattle at home, should have probably beat the Packers, could have been a 3-0 and team, so... Trubisky needs to uh, improve big time so the Bears can contend a little bit in the NFC. Another team that got their first win, they're looking for their first win, was Seattle Seahawks at home against the Cowboys, who we both agree are not a good team, and they should probably be 0-3 if the Giants just showed up last week. But the Seahawks beat the Cowboys 24-13. I stacked Wilson and Lockett in DFS, so that helped a little bit. Uh, Talk about that one. The Cowboys are not good. Their receivers are terrible. That's why they should have picked Cortland Sutton. In, in the draft and got somebody who can help them out. They have to get Michael Gallup involved. Their offensive line is banged up and they don't have a creative play caller. Add all those things up. If you had like a, if you had a, a, a Sean McVay or somebody like that, maybe this team would be better. But Dak Prescott is not a super accurate guy. He's got a run, run, run like Cam Newton did with all those marginal weapons that he's had. They have no tight end of consequence whatsoever, which is going to kill a short to intermediate route passing game. Ezekiel Elliott's getting a lot of touches. He's just not doing much with them. They are terrible. Looking over at Seattle, this was a game Seattle had to have. They were 0-2 coming home. This was an easy one. They were only favored by 1.5, which was ridiculous. Russell Wilson does what Russell Wilson does. Only negative one rushing yards, which is bizarre. But he had two touchdowns, 192 passing yards. Chris Carson, thank you, Rashad Petty. 32 rushes, 100 and a touchdown. Just hilarious stuff there. Tyler Lockett, 4 for 77. He seems like the number one target, and he better be because Brandon Marshall only had 2 for 30. Disappointed. Will Disley, you tempt us for two weeks, and then you come home and do a stinker, one reception for four yards. For the Cowboys, Zeke had 127 yards rushing. That's 7.9 yards a carry. That's pretty good, Scott. The problem is the team is terrible. God, Alan Hearns off of their leading receiver was Jeff Swaim. Blow up the Cowboys. Seattle wins 24-13. Yeah, through three weeks, I've got the Alan Hearns thing wrong. I really thought that he could make some sort of impact there, but this uh, Cowboy offense is just atrocious. I will leave that as fortunate thing here as we record now. We are able to break down the Sunday nighter that just ended, and 
Ladies and gentlemen, the Patriots are one and two. The Lions get their first win. Matt Patricia beats the teacher, Bill Belichick. The Lions win this game pretty easily, 26 to 10. Uh, any numbers for you here? You talk about Kerryon Johnson. He's a 100-yard rusher. How about that? The Lions get a 100-yard Finally, they rusher. broke the streak. Finally. Let me ask you, let me ask you this. The Patriots are one and two. Ready? They host the Dolphins next week who are three and oh. What do you think the spread's going to be? Uh, the Patriots will be a six point favorite. <laughs> exactly. That's the point. Listen. Maybe more. Maybe more. We've been through this. I think the Jamal Charles game, Scott, from like three or four years ago was the week three, wasn't it? Something like that. They'll get it. Uh, Rex Burkhead went out with another injury in this game. That's the most frustrating part to me. I mean, Sony Michelle isn't going to do much. They're not going to be able to win with a rookie running back. They're just not. 14 rushes, 50 yards. He, he's, he has one reception, negative one yards. They need Rex Burkhead. He's a valuable guy in this offense. They need him. Now, they did have, he was the running back in the red zone before he got hurt, but they're not getting in the red zone. And by the way, they still don't have a rushing touchdown. I put that tweet out earlier this year. They don't have a rushing touchdown through three games. Unbelievable. Brady, pedestrian, 133, one touchdown, one interception. Gronkowski, nothing, 455. Chris Hogan, three for 31. Josh Gordon was inactive because it's going to take him a while to get used to the offense. And when he does, Scott, let me ask you this. You think Josh Gordon's on this team at the end of the year? Uh, that's a good question. The fact that you're saying it's a good question means we should really just calm down about the impact that Josh Gordon's going to have, right? Yeah, I, I don't think this is going to be like a Randy Moss-esque <laughs> right. okay, uh, right. impact at all. I, you know, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really think much of the Josh Gordon deal to New England, you know, other than not surprised New England made the move, but it's not one of those moves that really made me jump either way. Scott said it about Martavius Bryant. Martavius Bryant, I'll say about Josh Gordon as well. You're suspended twice for, twice for drugs or substance abuse. You, no one has ever come back and made a big impact. Never happened. So you know what? And that's I have no interest in him whatsoever. Let's see what happens. As for Detroit, yes, finally, of rushing yards. Can we get LeGarrette Blunt out of here, please? Karrion Johnson, 16 rushes, 101. Golden Tate, 6 for 69. Kenny Galladay is my hero, 6 for 53 and a touchdown. Theo Riddick is useless. Detroit wins. They're 1 and 2, 26-10. Pats at home, favored by 6 over Dolphins, right? That's what's going to happen. Yeah, Pats are one and two. Not only get the Dolphins home, they get a string of three straight home games. They get the Dolphins, then they Thursday night with the Colts, and then the Chiefs. So, uh, interesting. Chiefs at home on a Sunday night, week six. Pat Mahomes going into New England. That'll be fun to watch. But Pats, <laughs> Pats one and two. Did you ever think that they are two games behind the first place? Miami Dolphins. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Fourth quarter? Fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, let's talk about the game that's up tomorrow. My partner's a little interested, aren't you, Scotty? Pittsburgh at, I sure, I sure am, Pittsburgh at Tampa Bay. Full disclosure, because I can be objective, because that's my name, Mike Randall Objective. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win this game. I think they're going to win this game. I think they're going to circle the wagons. I like Antonio Brown being angry. I think that all works. I think it's a close game. I do, but I expect the Steelers to pull it out. You go. Yeah, I do think the Steelers are going to win this game. What Tampa Bay has done has been great. Um, I know this, this is a game that the Steelers need. Uh, you can't go to 0-2 and 1 in the AFC. I know it's not 0-3, but pretty much 0-2 and 1. You got a long hill to climb. This is a game I think the Steelers will win. Primetime usually is a good thing for them. It is on the road, but the weather should be good. I think this is a game they'll go in. They'll take care of business, probably win this game. Maybe 24-16, 24-14. I know I said they'll win by 30 to you on Twitter, but realistically, when you look at this game, it's one of those games where they'll win by 7 to 10 points. We're in the same ballpark. Uh, I'd say 20 they're actually 20. We're in the same ballpark. Yeah, that's And they are an underdog. They are plus one on the road. No, that's great. Tampa Bay is the favorite in this game, and I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick's throwing another four touchdowns, and if he does... Be careful. Good, good for him. 
good for him. Uh, you know, a little bit of chatter around the world there. Adam Schefter reporting that the Steelers are now listening to trade offers on Le'Veon Bell. So we'll monitor that, see where that goes. So it sounds like the uh, Steeler-Bell relationship is officially going to come to an end. He may not even dress again as a Steeler. James Conner will be the guy. Uh, like you said, Antonio Brown's angry, so expect a bunch of targets to go his way. Juju Smith-Schuster has been perfectly fine and very good, actually, through uh, two games already. So he'll continue the targets. And then the, the Bucks are going to take advantage of the Steelers' secondary. And the Steelers' offensive line is going to be down two key starters. So that's something to watch with the, David DeCastro out and Marcus Gilbert most likely not going to play. So that's something to watch, see if the Tampa Bay get a pass rush on Ben, make him move around and make him throw some picks. I do think the Steelers will win this game, though. Fantasy-wise, you queue up the big guys, send them all out there. And it should be a fun game to watch. All right, let's do a quick week four rundown, then we'll get out of here, partners. So I'm going to name the game. Just give me your fantasy reaction that comes to the top of your head. Something to look for, something you expect, something you'd be disappointed in right off the top of your head. It's going to bang through them. Here we go. Thursday game, Minnesota goes to the Rams. I expect Todd Gurley to score, uh, go over 100 yards against the Viking defense. That's pretty good. I think the Vikings have a good bounce-back game. I think this is surprisingly close. I would like the Rams, though, at home. Go to Sunday's game, Cincinnati at Atlanta. Julio Jones scores. Tampa Bay at Chicago? Tampa Bay will be 2-2 two and two after this game. The Bears' defense will score a touchdown. That's a mod game for Chicago. I totally agree with you. Detroit at Dallas. Oh, <laughs> a lot of... A lot of the mod games coming up. I think the Lions will go back-to-back and watch on Johnson go up or 100 again. I think Dallas at home is going to be frisky. I think Ezekiel Elliott will bounce back. I don't know if they'll win that game, but I think it'll be close. Buffalo at Green Bay? Buffalo had their moment of the sun. Aaron Rodgers will throw for 350 and three scores. Full disclosure, do you now know why I picked up three defenses this week? Well, you're just a you're a defensive quarter. So the packs because stuff. I saw the Buffalo Packers and I'm like, even if Buffalo circles the wagons, they're gonna fly home and fly back to an angry Green Bay team. Get out of here, Philly at Tennessee. Mariota play. Mariota probably play, but the key is watch Carson Wentz here, see what he does on the road now. Second game back. Texans at Colts. Uh, Texans are desperate. Colts at home. Colts could bury the Texans here. Andrew Luck, 250, a couple scores. T.Y. with a score. He's always in the dome. He always scores. Miami at New England? Uh, we just talked about it. You know, I said six points. I think more and more. I think about this will probably be eight or nine. Uh, Josh Gordon's debut, put it that way. They only dressed three receivers today. So Josh Gordon would be the guy to watch. But Brady, an ang- angry Brady, somebody to watch for Sunday. Miami's going to be favored. It's yeah. a mistake. but if, if Miami will not be favored. If the Patriots are favored, it's not more than two or three. They won't do it. They won't remember. They, they will the, not do the it. The line is probably up already. As you as you go to the Check, next game, yeah, we'll see Check. what the line is right now. Has to be up already. Uh, uh, Jets at Jacksonville. Not up yet. Jets at Jacksonville. Jets at, Jets at Jacksonville. Leonard Fournette does he play? How does Sam Donald do on the road? Quincy Anunua can he keep the target share up on the road? Jacksonville bounces back. They're ticked off. Cleveland goes out to see the Raiders. Oakland probably going to get a win here. One of those games. I yeah, think. I think so. Everybody will hop on the Brown bandwagon, and Oakland will get their win and try to save their season. God only knows what Amari Cooper does. Seattle at the Cardinals. Uh, Josh Rosen yep. goes up against the Seattle defense, which isn't the same, but at home. be interesting to watch Rosen. Really be interesting to see David Johnson. I mean, this will be game four now. We're talking about a quarter of the season. we got to get more than 12 carries and more than 60 yards. I like Rosen in that game if he starts. I, I may put him as a low-end QB1. New Orleans at the Giants. New Orleans outdoors is a different team than indoors, so watch for the Giants here to keep it close. Saquon Barkley, a buck twenty. Interesting. Saints have a good run defense. That's going to be interesting. Niners at the Chargers. 
Uh, mother of God game with C.J. Beathard at the helm. Yeah. Melvin Gordon will eclipse 3.5 like he did this week at 5.3. It's a good game for Melvin, by the way. I put up 184 burger in your league, by the way. Melvin at home against the Niners. Looking good. Uh, the Sunday night game, which will be the game that I preview on the road of his fantasy football beat, the Ravens at the Steelers. Yeah, this one, you know, this is typical. Uh, this will be tight, low scoring. Joe Flacco will have a chance to win it late, most likely. And uh, we'll see how this goes, but. James Conner gets his first uh, delve into the Ravens-Steelers. We'll see how he reacts in a tough game. And the Monday night game, the Chiefs go to Denver. I mean, the Patrick Mahomes show is going to cool down a little bit. This could be a spot on the road. Denver, teams know each other. Don't expect to be touchdowns. I think Mahomes comes out there with a little bit, maybe 220, a score, and maybe a pick. Two teams with a bye partner, the Redskins and the Panthers. Yep, two bye teams there. AP, I sat him this week. Would you believe it? I sat Adrian Peterson. And it came back to bite me, my friend. All day, baby. AP, baby, all day, baby. All right, so that's it, folks. There you go. There's your roundup. We're back. Week three, ready to roll. Clairvoyant Mike Randall here with Alex Collins, Truther, Scott Burke. What a beautiful combination we have, partner. Absolutely. Truther it is. Whatever. I'll take it. I'll take it with me. I don't stand down from what I got. I don't back off of the guys I follow. So we'll stick with Alex Collins a little bit longer, see how that rolls out. Uh, you can have Marshall Lynch taking the rest of the season. I got a 23-point lead in CBS. I got Fitzmagic versus Evans and Antonio Brown in a standard league. I got anything to worry about? 23-point lead, Fitz, Fitz and Evans against AB. Um, Fitz. Fitz, Fitz against and Evans Evan. against AB. Yes. Oh, against Evans and AB. You like Fitzpatrick plus 23 in a standard or Evans and AB? Yeah, I – Fitzpatrick should hold you there, plus 23. Standard, standard. PPR, you'd be in trouble. <laughs> standard, I think you'll hold on. I think it's the same league where I scored 57 points this week. So that's a tough one. Uh, the uh, the drive for another three-peat is not off to a fantastic start, but we got time. Zeke loves New Orleans. We'll see you, folks. <laughs>